everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host today, Kevin. I'm here with yet another special guest, a returning guest on Midnight Terrors. Uh, You heard this gentleman on an episode of ours a few months back on the Pumpkinhead episode. And uh, since then, we've not only recorded an episode together, but we've gotten to hang out at a con in Cincinnati, Ohio. We got to do some karaoke together and have some drinks and... uh, He's become a real good buddy of of the show and of mine, so I'd like to welcome back to the show uh, horror author ZC Kroll, a.k.a. Zach. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on? We had a good time at that karaoke, didn't we? Boy, didn't we. That you remember, was... uh, remember the friend that I made there? <laughs> How could I ever forget, man? Wasn't he a good guy? Remember I dedicated my song to him? You did. You... Um... <laughs> I think you dropped his. Uh, you dropped this story on on your show. Actually, you uh, you're like shout out to David. That guy was great. Did I, did I do that? I don't remember. <laughs> you did. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, nope. At Scarioke, you uh, you were like, hey, uh, can we can we give a shout out to David? He's doing a great job as MC, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where all the I don't know what all the crickets were about. Nope. Like, frankly, I I I didn't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no horror hound was a was a really fun time man i that that con was fantastic one of my favorites that i've been to and uh i know you and i met up a few times but we both covered a lot of ground individually too yeah i had the time of my life to be honest that was my first like con that size because i was going to like local ones that mm-hmm. a little bit smaller but uh getting to meet you man and um just hanging out with the horror dads and having you meet them and I knew you guys would get along just from when I met you during the Pumpkinhead episode. I told him I was like, "You're gonna love this Kevin guy." Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, and, uh, John, yeah, I, I just I had a blast just just meeting you, man, likewise, and your mom. Likewise, hey, your mom is awesome. Likewise, man, we we loved meeting you. Definitely a highlight of our weekend. And uh, yeah, no, John and Jamie from from the Horror Dads podcast. Shout out to those dudes. They were they were a ton of fun. I had such a blast hanging out with you and them and. Uh, your uh your your buddy uh nathan was there as well yeah yeah, yeah shout Na- out to nathan please nathan, shout out to nathan uh who is uh also awesome on uh, instagram we keep in touch on on that as well and it was just such a fun group man we we took a a great photo in the in the cafeteria and just got to sit around and shoot the shit about some horror movies and about different things and then we all got to have some drinks and sing some karaoke and uh yeah. it was it was fun man it was a great night you're a great singer, by the way. Oh, you thank you, man. Some, I appreciate uh, it. Was that Green Day? I no. did. I did. When I come yeah, around Green by Day. Green Day. Yeah. Killed I was it. I was playing for, uh, well, thank you, man. I was playing for second best behind you with uh, Sam Smith and Creep by Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Radiohead. And it's Creep. And my show is called The Creepy Crowley. So it's like, I oh, yeah. Creep by Radiohead. No, you, like, that was like the showstopper of the night, man. Especially when you hit the the big note. People were going nuts for that. I loved it. I don't know about that. I was very drunk, so that helped. <laughs> That's okay. Liquid courage. We all need that. I I probably should have taken a little bit more liquid courage before doing that, but I think I uh sure. I think I held it together, okay? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> uh but no, man, it was so much fun getting to meet you in person. I remember uh as the con was about to open on Friday, I was standing in line and I was walking around trying to figure out how to get the uh the early entry bands and I heard my name called from behind me and I turned around and there you were in line and we had just thought like we should meet up and then there you were right in line right next to me. Yeah. So that was uh Yeah, it was awesome. It was cool. It was a really ugly rainy day that first evening. 
Yeah, that was shitty. <laughs> you guys... It was worth it, but, uh, you know, and I, I thought I was getting there early and, and it was still like just packed when mm-hmm. I got there. And I was like two and a half hours early. I know, man. It was it was crazy. Those fans are those fans are dedicated, man. Absolutely. And uh, we we met uh, a ton of uh, celebrities, but you had a big uh, a big uh, set of moments there too, because you got to uh, didn't you give a copy of your book to uh, Doug Bradley, the OG Pinhead? Yeah. Uh, my novella Discernment. I gave. Uh, well, I asked Doug Bradley if he was interested in a copy, and he looked at the cover, and he was reading the back, and he was like, "This is very interesting." Yeah, He's like I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading a book at the moment, and I'm excited to be done with it, and I'm going to be jumping right into this. And I was like, okay, Doug Bradley, you're probably just kidding, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. But and he, I was still excited. I was still excited anyway. No, and it, yeah, no, and he took a copy, and I was, and you told me that I was like, dude, that's that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a, a crazy fanboy moment for me. Absolutely. Who I I forget who else did you talk to that weekend? I think you met Devin Sawa, right? Devin Sawa, yeah, he's a great guy in person. Yeah, he's, he's a awesome. genuine dude. And then um, Christy Swanson was really cool, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Damian Leone, David Howard Thornton. Um, I think those are the main ones I met. Oh. I walked by Bonnie Aaron, who plays the nun. I walked by her and just yep. said hi, and she was just very nice and said hello. Yeah, all the all the celebrity <laughs> guests there that weekend, man, were were super super nice. Yeah, um, which I, I've yet to meet a celebrity at these cons that that hasn't been nice. But those ones in particular were just like so happy to be there, and yeah. uh, I think me and my mom actually counted it up. We met twenty people throughout that weekend. <laughs> you um, you got to see Bruce Campbell. You hung out with him, and you got your picture with him, right? We yeah we we did the uh, we couldn't do the actual like autograph signing, but we did the uh, okay. the photo op, um, which is usually kind of a touch and go thing. But even with the photo ops at that con, like everybody took a second to to talk to fans that came in, and yeah, no, we got to talk with Bruce Campbell for a couple seconds before we took a photo with him. And uh, again, That's just cool. just super super nice guy. How long was the uh, wait? Because I was toying with doing it, but I didn't know if it was going to be like like a big chunk of the day i just want to know for next time because yeah i think think i'm gonna do it well when you when you purchase the photo ops like you usually purchase them ahead of time um we we actually lucked out because all of bruce campbell's photo ops had had sold out before the con and when they had some sort of schedule change where bruce was only going to be there friday and saturday as opposed to the entire weekend some of the photo ops, I guess, from Sunday transferred over, so they had more open for Friday. Um, gotcha. So we ended up snagging one for, I think that was Friday night that we took that. Um, yeah. And so it's like, you ju- you pretty much just go through the line, and a lot of times it's just like a touch and go, oh, hey, how's it going? And then, you know, you just kind of move on. But Bruce Campbell took a few seconds with everyone just to kind of say hello and ask how they were doing. Um, my mom had actually uh, broken her toe at that point so she was a little bit uh oh that's right yeah she was a little bit she was a little bit handicapped at the moment so the the photo staff were amazing and every time they saw her they were like yeah don't stand in the line just come on up uh so that's really cool so we kind of got bumped up to the line uh, a few times and uh it was but even still even if you're not even if you just stand in line it's probably 20 30 minutes maybe if that that's not bad yeah no it's super quick um, okay. 
So I, I recommend it, man. It's it's good to get those professional photos alongside the 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 ones you take on your cell phone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got any horror cons coming up that you're that you're going to be attending sometime soon? Um, I want to. I I, ju- I just went to one this past weekend, uh, kind of near my hometown. Um, it was a halfway to Halloween kind of a indoor. I don't know what you would call it. Kind of a. I guess it would be a convention, but it's like an arts and crafts kind of thing where you have different booths and oh, nice. Um, so that was cool. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I got my picture next to a zombie, like a very legit zombie. Uh, I think I did see that. I'll have to go back and check that out. But uh, no, that's awesome, man. That sounds like a blast. Very funny. He was just he was just standing by the glass door, just scaring <laughs> the shit out of people in line as they were walking in to get their ticket. And I was like, I got to get a picture with this guy. That's this so fantastic. funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, stuff coming up. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, you'll have to let me know actually. I don't know. Yeah, my um I'm toying toying with the idea of going to a couple cons. I know that uh one I'll be at for sure is in um Boston. I'll be going to Silver Scream Con. Uh okay. the Ice Nine Kills one up there, which I'm looking forward to. Um because yeah. Ice because Ice Nine Kill because when I went to Horror Hound, my my top draw of someone that I wanted to meet and talk to was Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. Uh, so like as soon as we got in the line, I took off running up the stairs to go find where he was. And I just jumped immediately into his line because um, they're they're one of my favorite bands. And uh, I love their their horror horror records. So he was sitting right in front of me at the Evil Dead Rise premiere that Thursday night. No shit. When I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember uh, I listened to your Horror Hound recap episode on your on your podcast. And I, I remember you talked a little bit about um, going to the premiere of evil dead rise. How was that man? Oh, it was awesome. Like, and it was so weird getting to see it a month early and, and everyone <laughs> in the theater, there was just a buzz in the air, you know, and then Bruce Campbell showed up of course. And yep. it was like, it added to the excitement of it. And I think I made the point of like, I was worried that I loved it so much because of that whole, like just the euphoria of getting to see it a month early and everything. Sure. But, sure. I actually genuinely loved it, and then I saw it again when it came out, and it turns out, you know, I actually really did love it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and everybody, everybody else seems to love it too. Yeah, we did. We did an episode on it um, the weekend that it came out, and uh, we we really loved it too. Um, we had such a good time. It ended up being this big event where we brought a bunch of our. We ended up meeting up with a bunch of friends and had a big old movie night with like. Um, one of our regular guests, Mr. J and my brother came out Yeah, and, uh, it was awesome, man. And, uh, we had, you know, some, some, uh, not gripes or criticisms, but just like little things sure. that we like maybe would have tweaked a little bit, but like overall we really, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, it definitely wasn't perfect, but like yeah. for an evil dead movie, I was like very satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. I hope the rumors are true with what they're kind of planning to do next. I've heard, you know, some things that they kind of want to like bring everything to like kind of connect everything together. Okay. With yeah. like Ash and uh, Mia. Hell from, yeah. 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 I remember them talking about doing that um, after the 2013 Evil Dead came out and they ended up yeah. doing uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. Um, which I, which I, I just started. I was going to say, I need to watch that too. Marcus from uh, Reviewed to Death has been yelling at me for having never seen it. <laughs> Dude, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I've heard it's fantastic, and uh, I definitely want to get around to it. Um, just earlier this month in May, 
I got to go see Army of Darkness in a theater. Oh, nice. Which was so much fun. I forgot how funny that movie was. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, man, a lot of good uh, stuff. But you've been, before we dive into the movie pick, so you've been you've been busy. Uh, and since last time we spoke, I, I read your novella, Deceverman. I thought it was fantastic. Um, oh, thanks, man. It was deeply, deeply disturbing, and I loved every second of it. Uh, (laughs) i i remember telling uh my mother about like what the story entailed and i remember her just kind of kind of messing with you being like what's what's wrong with you (laughs) but yeah i i I met her at the yeah at the con and she's just like you know you you actually seem all right it's weird like (laughs) there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with you i was like no I'm, i'm all right everything's good no, you were you're a very normal guy, and I I think I looked at her and I said he's just as normal as me, and then she cracked up laughing because <laughs> that's probably scary because you know how much we're probably like oh yeah and uh, <laughs> no but I read the novella it's actually sitting on my desk right here um, oh awesome and uh, no I thought it was fantastic man I and I really I remember talking to you at the con and without giving anything away. Um, I remember you kind of described it on the show as like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of saw, a little bit of like, you know, psychological thriller esque in there. It's like different pieces of other things from the horror world, but also your own twist on it. Yeah. And I remember I remember talking to you at the con and I think I asked you where you came up with that idea. And, you know, you kind of you told me that the idea and correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea kind of sprung into your head like during covid oh yeah so yeah just kind of the um you know in 2020 just like kind of the isolation of being in the house you know not like literally being trapped in your house but just kind of like that feeling and um just kind of having dark thoughts and it, it just got to thinking you know i was thinking of like metaphors for that like what would it feel like um, and I just got this image of this woman, you know, with no arms and no legs, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just kind of needed to build a story around that. And, um, you know, it was kind of like a puzzle for me. Like it was a very fun challenge, but also very dark, you know, it was a dark time, very uncertain time. So I was writing with like a, a place of, I guess, frustration. Mm-hmm and uncertainty and i wanted to write something that was very unexpected that was kind of going you know it kind of felt like a roller coaster because 2020 kind of felt like a roller coaster oh for sure yeah yeah. um so i just uh yeah wanted to write something kind of nasty and uh but also like made you think a little bit that's Mm -hmm. where like the psychological horror kind of comes in and uh yeah it just kind of started with that image and then you know it was kind of a fun little you know, puzzle to kind of figure out the story around that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, the ending in particular is very, um, psychological in itself. It makes you, makes you think. Um, and I, I had already loved the novella, but after talking to you about where the story kind of spawned from, it actually made me rethink like what I had just read and what, what the parallels are between real life and what's, what's going on in the story. Um, yeah. so I keep the book on hand cause I, I want to, uh, like actually reread it with that in mind and see if there's more things that I, that I didn't catch on the, on the first go around. Cause I, cause like when I picked it up, I read it in literally a couple hours. I just, yeah. I literally couldn't put it down. It was, it was so captivating. 
Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I should say uh, on a literal note, too, it really is about like mental health. And like, I think 2020 is, was also like the theme of that whole pandemic. And that whole time was like there was a mental health um, focus there that I don't, I don't think we talked about enough. And I think that was a very dark time for that alone for a lot of people. And I think absolutely um, there's some topics in the story that although are not about the pandemic specifically, I, I think there is like a uh like a mental health awareness aspect to it that i thought would be like you know interesting to explore as a horror story absolutely and uh yeah no so disseverment people go go check it out it's a it's a great read you're gonna want to revisit it uh several times to pick up new things and you know I, i can't wait to hear and see more writing from you man and and also since we spoke last you've uh i think you were already doing it in some form but it's now live on spotify that you have a podcast out and about yeah i started a podcast mostly because i i knew that if i was putting disseverment out there and people read it they would be like your mom they would be like uh is this, is this guy all right is he okay um i'm just kidding I don't yeah know. <laughs> kathy right yep that's kathy she'll uh, okay. she'll be cracking up when she listens to this <laughs> hi kathy I miss you. I, I can't wait to meet you again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I kind of wanted to make a, a podcast where I could just like be more loose and funny and just like have like top 13 lists and just kind of dick around and have people get to know my personality so they could, you know, see that I'm just a regular guy who likes horror like any other horror fan. Um, not that I was like worried that people would be judgy about my writing, but um you know, I, I, I'm I write dark stuff. I'm just going to be a dark type of writer. It's just who I am. Um, so, you know how Jordan Peele, like, you know, you, you had like Jordan Peele on Key and Peele and then he's writing all this like and directing all this crazy shit like mm-hmm. us. And, you know, I like that he has like that kind of uh, duality about him. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, I, I can... find him to be very inspirational. So, so maybe the podcast is kind of like a, a chance for people to see like that that side of me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, I can I can relate to that in a few ways because, you know, I I write songs and, you know, play music and I'm always drawn to the darker, sadder side of music. Um, And, you know, my lyrics that I write are very like tongue in cheek, but they have, you know, some darker, darker tones to them, more serious tones. Um, And there's been some lines I've written. I'm like, are people are going to be concerned about what I'm writing and, you know, take it the wrong way? Um, thankfully that hasn't happened, but uh, like I can, you know, I can relate to that. I just, you know, it's like being a fan of horror. People can often be like, why do you like watching this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. There's just this, you know, there's, there's this escapist feel to it. That's just got, you know, something captivating about it. And there's like a weird comfort to it. You know, I always say like, why do you like watching the news? Like that's way more terrifying. The real world is so much more terrifying than, than watching uh, killer clowns from outer space or, oh, or one, night of the creeps 110 percent, dude <laughs> i agree i will watch uh, i was actually making fun of my brother the other day i was giving him a hard time uh he's really into game of thrones now like he was got kind of a late start into the show but he's it's like his favorite show now and yeah. whenever he's going down to sleep he always puts um game of thrones on and anytime i walk in the room when he's trying to go to sleep there's like someone getting like beat to death or decapitated or strangled or something. <laughs> I'm like, 
how do you watch this while you're going to sleep? And then I think back and I'm like, I mean, what? I mean, look at all the shit I've fallen asleep to while, <laughs> while trying to go to sleep. I'll put on some dastardly horror movie to it. And I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. fine. It's like a little lullaby. Terrifier 2. I've actually never done that one, but I probably could do it. <laughs> do it tonight. Do it tonight. Go. I got the no. Blu-ray sitting right over there. I can do that. <laughs> I've definitely fallen asleep watching the first one when I had uh, when I had uh, COVID in 2020. I put Terrifier on as like a little comfort movie, which was funny. Yeah. Um. Well, I tell you what, man. I'm loving the podcast, and you know, it's a uh, people listening. Go check it out if you love hearing Zach on our show. His show is amazing. Uh, Zach, what's the show called, and where can people track it down? Uh, it's called The Creepy Crowley, and it is on Spotify. Uh, Crowley is K-R-O-L-Y. Uh, I was trying to be funny with, like, Creepy Crowley, and then my <laughs> name is, is, like, my name is E.C. Kroll. Did you get it? Yep. I was I was jealous of the name when I when I saw that. I was like, man, <laughs> it's got a better name than we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Thank no, you. no, it's a, it's a great show, man. I'm, I'm enjoy listening in and, uh, I believe I will be on there sometime soon. So people, uh, take a, you know, take a look out for that and keep a lookout for that. And, uh, we're happy to have Zach on here tonight because yeah. this was, uh, so we're, as you can see by the title, we're talking about night of the creeps and this wasn't really a pick like a specific pick of either one of us this was this movie came up between us because zach i think you were listening to our episode on the faculty yes and i did think about this movie because of the slugs and yep. um just kind of the sci-fi horror uh you know aspect there yeah i think I, did, did i i texted that to you on instagram i think yeah you did you. i yeah, think yeah. i i think i dropped the name of night of the creeps really quick really quick when i was talking about what the faculty yeah. reminded me of and how it was like a yeah. throwback to the 50s sci-fi and i mentioned night of the creeps and i think you texted me and we're like oh shit man you mentioned night of the creeps i'm gonna have to yeah. watch that we're gonna have to discuss that's that right. now <laughs> that's so, right so when we were filling up the schedule i was like i just texted you i'm like dude let's just talk about night of the creeps let's do this i love this movie oh yeah oh, um, me too but this was my actually my first full fledged like one hundred percent focused on the movie watch of this. I had seen it before, uh, but it was in a scenario where I was talking with my friend over it and not really fully paying attention. Uh, but I still loved what I saw. But uh, for the podcast, I actually sat down and watched it, you know, with my my tunnel vision and uh, fully yeah. focused on the movie. And uh, I'm glad we get to discuss it tonight. But what was what was your history with this movie? How did you find this one? I actually just saw it for the first time maybe a year ago. And, um, you know, I'm kind of, I was kind of going back, especially with the, um, the Scream Factory Blu-rays. None of those are so yes. available. I've been picking a lot of them up, especially when they have their Shocktober sale. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, you know, I'm getting to see all these ones that I never got to see, you know, back in the day. And uh, I just, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I've always loved Tom Atkins. Um, cause I love the fog and I love Halloween three and, uh, what else has he been in? Uh, quite a bit actually. Yeah. My bloody Valentine remake. Oh yeah. See, I haven't seen the remake yet, so I didn't know that, uh, that he oh, was you'd in... like that. Yeah, no, I got to check it out. I just saw the first one for the first time in February, like in a theater. Um, Ooh. so I, unfortunately it was the, uh, well not unfortunately, but 
I didn't know at the time that there was a like a like an unedited version of the gore out there. So I saw the version where most of the oh, yeah. most of the kills were like cut out. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they just Oh, the kills were cut out. Okay, I see. Yeah. Well, like they're there, but they're not on screen very much. And I just figured it was a budget thing. Like it was like, oh, yeah. you know, low low budget slasher from the early eighties. They probably just didn't have a lot of money. Come to find out the MPAA kind of massacred that movie. Right. Uh, and that there was a later cut where the footage was a little grainy, but they finally put the put the actual kills back into the movie. Um, so I saw that and I'm like, oh, I got to check out the the remake with uh, Jensen Ackles. And then I did not know that uh, that um, that he was in there, that Tom Atkins was in there. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Ankles Jansen's really good in it in the uh, remake. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. I, uh, Tom Atkins is actually one of the guests at Silver Scream Con in uh, in Boston, so I'm very excited to uh, to go talk to him. Cause oh, I, is he? Oh, he that's is, awesome. Because I love Halloween 3 as well. I think it's uh, still super underappreciated. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I'm sorry, we're going off on a, on a tangent here, oh, but I have, to ask you, I have to ask you a question because I told you I was going to ask you a question. That's right. Before we started recording, have you seen Close Encounters yet? I have not. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> no, nope. welcome to the world of of Kevin Man. I forgot that was uh what episode was that? That was Fire in the Sky, I think we talked about that. Yeah. And oh, that's right because <laughs> I forgot. Diamond out, Diamond out was for you. I just I had to call Kevin a bitch. <laughs> I had to follow up on that. Yep. I forgot about that. I remember you texted us and being like, "Dude, I just spit out my drink." <laughs> I spit out my coffee or something because Jason just called you a bitch. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes, man. No, I still am. I mean, I still am working my way through like this long ass list, but close encounters will happen sometime soon. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Night of the Creeps. No, I'm it's sorry. okay, man. It's all good. That's what the this, podcast is here for. This is a taste of what my podcast is like, everybody. This is like a ADHD nightmare. I apologize. <laughs> sorry, no. Kevin. No, it's good, man. I love it. This is what a podcast is for—is tangents. Um, <laughs> but uh, night of the night of the creeps, man. This was uh, so. This was from 1986, and uh, this movie's a good ass time, man. It's such a it's such a throwback to like 1950s sci-fi, kind of like Killer Clowns from Outer Space was. Um, yeah, totally. But it's got a more serious tone than Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, it kind of has like a weird blend, like the tone. It's almost like a like a raunchy teen comedy mm-hmm. in places, and then it's almost like it could almost be like a kids movie. Like like it almost rides the line of like a like a Beetlejuice, which isn't really a kids movie when you think about it. But, True. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It seems like it doesn't know. Like I'm always surprised it's rated R. Like before I watch it again, and then I see it, and it's like, oh yeah, there's boobs, and like there's you know. Boy, are they! There's a there's a scene that just shows up towards the very end that has like two minutes of boobs. Yeah, but yeah, there is totally a darker tone, and um, especially with Tom Atkins' character because he kind of has like um, it kind of deals with like PTSD a little bit. Like he's got his uh, his his demons that he's battling there. Yeah, no, that was um, that was a bit of a shock to me that I I had forgotten about that element of the plot line with uh, Tom Atkins being the the cop that was involved with the initial massacre that we see at the beginning but this um this movie was done by uh Fred Decker um yeah. who I'm not super familiar with but I definitely know his follow-up feature after Night of the Creeps 
which was uh, the Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. And the Monster Squad is one of my favorite movies. I had never seen it until maybe five years ago, and it is fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Um, I still have my VHS of the Monster Squad from when I was little. <laughs> I used to watch it all the time. <laughs> well, I say all the time to people that haven't seen it. I'm like, it's literally like the Goonies, but with Universal oh, yeah. Monsters in it. Totally. Absolutely. And uh, Night of the Creeps kind of has that same feel to it, man. It's very like, I get where you're coming from, where it's very, uh, if you take the boobs out, and like there's not really that much blood in here. Like it could be like a like a kid's story. Yeah, totally. And um it's got the same kind of humor as Monster Squad. Like you can tell it's written by the same guy. Absolutely. And I was just reading today, I totally forgot he wrote not Prey, the the last Predator movie, but The Predator from 2018. Yeah, the one that everybody was very confused about because it was weirdly comedic. Yeah, and and I watched that and I remember thinking like this movie's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like everybody hated it. I actually enjoyed it. And it's just funny that that's the same guy who wrote it. I have to go back and watch it and see if it like feels like Night of the Creeps, like the humor. Yeah, no, I, I would love to uh, to check that out uh, as well. I actually haven't seen that particular Predator movie, but I remember when it came out, there was a lot of people like really disappointed with it for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah it was weird. But yeah, no, Fred Decker's got a very um, uh, distinct style with his movies. Um, they do get, you know, creepy, they, but they're also funny and, you know, got like that teen comedy feel to it, which actually you might like people watching this might think that, oh, I don't care about the, uh, the characters in this movie. I just want to see the creeps and the kills. I actually was, I was pleasantly surprised how much I like these characters. Yeah. The friendship between Chris and JC, like the two main guys, like their friendship feels extremely real. Absolutely. And I think they're even friends in real life. I think they're friends to this day. I remember watching the special features on the Blu-ray, like the first time I'd watched this. And okay. uh, I think they still hang out and talk. Yeah, that would that leads. would make sense. They have really good. You would believe that they're friends for years before the movie because they have such good yeah. camaraderie with each other. Yeah. Um, I think the movie totally works because those two are believable as as best friends. Absolutely. Their, their banter back and forth is one of my one of my favorite aspects of the movie. But before we meet them, we we start with a with a 1950s flashback where we begin with a a, a sorority like a like a frat guy picking up a sorority girl to go on a date out on the the point, the view, you know, typical 50s looking out over the over the town watching the stars and stuff. Uh, and she, you know, just a typical romantic night, but boy, does it go south. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, first we see these like very, uh, puppet aliens, uh, getting rid of this capsule That's that right. launched to earth, um, you know, in 1959, which happens to be, you know, the scene that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that comet, uh, crash lands, um, you know, during the scene, you know, with, with a couple in the car and we see Ray Cameron. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler just yet, but, you know, I guess we're assuming everyone's already seen it. No, it's OK. Uh, we see a younger Ray, you know, seeing his the, the girl in the car is his uh, ex-girlfriend. Yep. Um, 
the guy goes and investigates the uh, capsule, you know, from the what they thought was like a meteor. Mm-hmm. Slug goes into his his face. <laughs> there's actually a lot going on in this opening because then yeah. you have an act. There's an axe murderer that then kills the the girl, the ex girlfriend of Ray. Yep. So the the setup is we we see the aliens first, which I love the look of these aliens. They're so they're such cheesy '80s puppets. I love that they have oh, like yeah. really big heads and they waddle down the hallway. Uh, and they're now I didn't get this from the movie. I thought this was just an alien just deciding to uh, release the slugs for some reason. But in the plot summary that I read, which is Wikipedia, so anybody can edit it, so who knows. But the plot summary that I read said an obviously possessed alien releases the slugs. And I'm like, I don't think they ever established that this alien was possessed. It seemed more like the alien just said, oh, fuck it. I'm going to put some slugs out on there. Yeah, I was watching it tonight. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. (laughs) No, so who knows? But uh, one of the aliens is like, ah, fuck it. We're going to release some slugs onto onto the Earth. And that's what the comet is because he releases this capsule that has an alien experiment in it containing all these these really cool practical effects slugs. Um, Yeah. And then we see the the teens uh, at the the point and they decide to go off on a – on a little side road because uh, Cameron, Detective Cameron, has said that there's an axe murderer out and about that broke out of a mental asylum. Yeah. Uh, and it's just happenstance that there's this mental asylum escapee as well as the slug setup. They are not connected at right. all. It is all yeah. just converging in this one part. Lots happening. Yep. And <laughs> the one girl that's the girlfriend gets... Uh, the ex-girlfriend of Cameron gets axed by the murderer because this scene actually made me laugh out loud where <laughs> she's sitting in the car and the people over the radio are like, the 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 escapee is carrying a, a big fire axe and is walking on this particular road and she shines the light lights from the car up and it's that exact road. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's such a like a like a goosebumps like <laughs> reveal. <laughs> It's so cheap. (laughs) And then my favorite part is that she doesn't scream for her boyfriend. She goes, I I forget the character's name, but um, she doesn't, uh, (laughs) she doesn't scream his name. She's just like, hello. (laughs) Like he's, he's off in the woods investigating that the thing that crashed on the earth. He's not going to hear you if you whisper. Yeah. So uh, and then so she gets axed. Uh, we don't really see it, but she gets axed and he gets and the boyfriend gets a slug in his mouth. Yeah, that was um, yeah, I love the effects in this movie, by the way. Me too, man. I think some of it actually looks really good, but I think some of it looks cheesy, but on purpose. I, I think they kind of wear the cheese on its sleeve. Yeah, it goes back to that Fred uh, Decker tone where it's very, yeah, like yeah, yeah. very corny on purpose. It feels like. Yeah, so so we see the slug going into the the guy's mouth. I don't know if he has. Does he have a name? I forget if he has a name. I think they said it in the opening, but the plot summary that I'm looking at, just to keep track, doesn't uh, even put yeah. the name in there. So it's it's pretty irrelevant, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we fast forward to um, 1986, and we have uh, Chris and JC, the, like the two leads, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Lively, who plays Chris. I only know him from one other movie. Do you know what movie? I do not. What is he looked kind of familiar. Um, European Vacation. Oh my god, that's 
<laughs> that's awesome. Rough. That's awesome. I don't know what else he's been in that I I haven't seen anything else, but those are the only these are the only two movies I've known of him. Okay. Um. So then, okay. So Chris, he plays Chris Romero, and then JC is James Carpenter Hooper. Yes. I don't know if you knew all the characters are named after horror directors. I didn't catch it until um they revealed the love interest name, uh, Cynthia Cronenberg. Yes. Yeah, uh, which I, I love. There's a there's definitely a handful of movies out there that do that, but I always love when it happens. Mm-hmm. I love when there's little horror Easter eggs in there. Yeah, for sure. Because um, what did, what do we have? We had uh, Cronenberg in there. We had Hooper. And then uh, Ray Cameron is Tom Atkins. James yep. Cameron. We had Romero in there, uh, and I think that yeah, I think that was uh. I think that was about it, but yeah, I love when 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 horror movies do that. It's always a fun little little nod to the genre. Yeah. Oh, I think there's some. I think there's some detectives named Raimi and Craven. Okay. I think those are in there too. Gotcha. I was looking at Wikipedia earlier. Yep. <laughs> always reliable <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. But uh, so we're introduced to Chris and JC, and as we said before, their uh, their banter is one of the best parts of the movie because the first maybe 30 minutes of the movie there aren't really there isn't really a creep sighting uh past the the initial slug attack we just have um we have chris crushing on uh on uh cynthia um yeah which i love how he first introduces how he first meet like caesar from across the way and he's like who is that and uh jc's like who's who who are you talking about He's like the goddess, the the angel, <laughs> like just hopelessly in love. And I can't remember what JC said, but he he always comes back with this sarcastic remark that I love. He's like, "Oh, it's uh, don't you know that's so and so? I don't know how the hell am I supposed to know?" <laughs> and then when uh, Chris is like, she's going inside, or, or they're going inside to the the house, and JC goes, "Oh, that bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> like yep. he acts all dramatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess uh, we all want JC as a wingman, right? Oh, totally. This dude is like super loyal to Chris and is uh, Chris is like, man, does she is she with someone? How do I like what do I do? He's like, um, here's a, a crazy idea. You know, maybe go talk to her. Because at yeah. one point, Chris is like, I'm going to marry that girl. And JC's like, well, I hate to break it to you, man. But before that, you got to talk to her. <laughs> I love, I just love that. Like, that's such a, like a thing that a friend would say. You're like, oh, I love this girl. I would, you know, want to spend the rest of my, the rest of my life with her. And then your friend is like, well, you probably should talk to her first. That's how they know you're going to be serious. Yeah. Um, sorry. No, it's okay. <clears throat> um, yeah. So then they have to, I forget why they decide they need to pledge for the fraternity. They, I think they do it because they see, um, they follow her into like a, like a frat party. Um, and then they see her with, uh, Steve, unibrow Steve, (laughs) uh, is like, that dude has one, one long eyebrow on his face. Uh, that's JC's subtle, subtle humor, but they try to talk to her. JC again tries to be like, Hey Steve, you got an important phone call over there. And then he's like, you know, you don't want this guy. Look, check out that stud over there. And he points at uh, Chris when talking to Cynthia. 
And yeah. again, laugh out loud moment. Uh when we cut to Chris after he says, take a look at that stud over there, Chris turns around real fast in shyness and just spills a drink all over a jock. <laughs> and it's like, it's so silent. Such as like a three stooges moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when they go. Okay. So they do that first and then they go talk to uh, Brad, the, the really bleach blonde hair guy. Oh, Brad. Yeah. That's Cynthia's kind of boyfriend. Yeah, I was very confused with her. She's talking to Steve about going to his football game, but she's also dating Brad, uh, but is also interested in Chris. It's very confusing. Yeah, Cynthia. <laughs> but uh, everybody, everybody knew a Cynthia in high school oh, or college. Absolutely. But uh, so they go. Chris and JC decide that they need to join a frat. Um, I know that there are, you know, some crazy ass, like, you know, initiation ceremonies to getting into a frat. Have you ever heard of one saying, please go steal a cadaver out of a, out of a science lab and putting it on the doorstep of a, of a, of a house? To, to be honest with you, I've heard some crazy shit (laughs) from my college days. Um, but it all kind of went away around like, I want to say like 2006. I think they really started cracking down on that kind of behavior, as they but should. Because if you're if you're having to do shit like this, this is awful. <laughs> yeah, I've only heard stories. I obviously I haven't seen anything, so who knows if it's all like you know exaggerated stuff. But I yeah. definitely heard not so crazy or not so uh, different things than 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 that. So. Yeah. So the the fraternity <laughs> Brad is like. You guys need to prove yourselves, uh, which I do love that uh, when he's like, you're going to have to do something to prove your uh, your dedication. And Chris is like, we're not going to have to have sex with a farm animal, are we? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brad's like, interesting idea, but I think we got something better. Which I've heard of w- that too, by the way. What's that? I've heard of the farm animal thing too. Oh, God. Well, then JC <laughs> makes a funny joke about it when they're walking away. Yeah. It's like, hey, when JC's like, we don't want to do this. And Chris is like, well, at least we don't have to have sex with a farm animal. And then <laughs> JC says, well, hey, you know, you never know. Give it a try. You might like it. Then you won't want Cynthia anymore. <laughs> <laughs> their, their back and forth is so funny. Uh, yeah. You actually sent me before we recorded uh, you doing like JC's entire monologue from the from the from the dorm room. Yeah, so it's my favorite scene uh, of dialogue that he does in the movie, I think. It's a good you should one. Play it from your, you should play it from your phone. I should. Let me pull that up real quick. I mean, you don't have to. But, no, I will. Yeah. Spot on, dude. I was impressed. All right, let's see what we got here. Hey, fuck you, Chris. Look, every single day, I put up with your moaning about what's-her-name and how you wish you could <laughs> fall in love again. But you're too chicken shit to do anything about it. And then this Cynthia girl comes along. Dream girl, uh, 2001. And I say to myself, what the hell? I'm sure as hell never gonna get laid. So I might as well help out my best friend, right? And then you say, JC, help. We gotta join a fraternity so she'll give me the time of day. And I say, what the hell? You gotta do it, you gotta do it. And what do I do? I bust my ass to help you. And you get chicken shit again. And I push, and I push, and I don't give up. And why? Why? You don't even know. You don't even care. Because it's important to me that you're happy. 
Is that so crazy? And if we got to act like jerks to get in trouble in order to do that, then what the hell? I mean, it's better than acting like jerks for no reason, right? So yeah, everything is a joke. It's hilarious. Because if you take it seriously, you just get depressed all the time like you are. So fuck you. <laughs> that was way longer than I thought. I'm sorry. No, it's all idea. good, man. That was when you sent me that. I was like, "Damn, dude!" That I texted you back immediately. I was like, "Dude, spot on impression." <laughs> like oh, that clip was fantastic. I'm so glad you reminded me to play that. That's that's so oh, funny. Yeah. Um, it and, happens when you watch uh, Night of the Creeps while drinking. Yeah, you know, man, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's me without alcohol. Is just me quoting movies like repeatedly. Yeah. So it's all good, man. But uh, so they go, Chris and JC go into the science lab uh, on campus and they find a uh, cryogenically frozen uh, cadaver in like a like a big capsule thing. And it is actually the body of the boyfriend that got a slug in his mouth in the beginning of the uh, in the beginning of the movie. Yes, so he his body's been preserved this entire time from 1959 to what is it now 1986? 1986. So cryogenically frozen. Yep, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. This is the cadaver that the the boys decide to steal. <laughs> um, by the way, the lab or whatever this place is they're keeping him is so 80s. It's like all purple with like these neon lights and stuff. Oh, I loved it, dude. I just love it. And we should we failed to mention at the beginning opening uh, axe murderer scene we, when we see the aliens on the ship the movies in color and then when we cut to the town in the fifties it's black and white which I thought was a really nice touch yeah. and the credits are in color during the black and white portion which yeah I also no think is it's cool. very uh, it's very artistic yeah. for you know being kind of an eighties cheesy horror comedy. Yeah, kind of comic booky too, like the old EC Tales from the Crypt comics. Like, yep. it kind of has the same font going on. Yep. Yeah. No, it's very fun and very uh, fun. So JC yeah. and Chris are like, "Well, I don't see any uh, <laughs> any other readily available corpses, so let's take this one." And they <laughs> <laughs> they unfreeze the cadaver and they start to walk it out, and it it jerks and grabs uh, Chris's hand, so they run out screaming. Uh, which ties into a line that the night janitor has uh, later on that he repeats over and over again <laughs> that uh, that comes into the investigation scene. We'll get to that. But uh, the cadaver yeah. uh, strangles and barfs a slug into the scientist that's working there. Like a grad, it's like a grad student apparently. Which uh, yeah, um... which was shocking to me because you remember when I said teenagers at the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah, this is the, this is the stereotypical eighties teenager where they are like clearly in their (laughs) thirties. So this, uh, this scientist that gets killed, (laughs) I swear to God, I thought it was a teacher. Yeah. Is he supposed to be a student? Yeah. They later, later on, uh, detective Cameron says, or some police person says it was a, it was a grad student. I was like, he looks like he's 39 years yeah. old. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever you say, bro. Uh, yeah. So the cadaver is now loose, and because it was cryogenically frozen for nearly 30 years, uh, it contains the slugs that got loose, uh, and it's going to go wreak havoc on the town. 
<laughs> hey, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry, man. I don't know if you need to. I think you're okay. You got me now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, man. I don't know what what goes on with this shit. I'm also fiddling with my stupid cable that's plugged into the computer because it keeps picking up other frequencies. But it's okay. Oh no, you're good. Um. um so where did where did you have me a second ago? We were talking about. Um. The- sorry. The. Um, slugs come out of the guy and then go into the town. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, the cadaver goes walking around, which again, practical effects, man. I love the look of the creeps throughout this movie. I love that they're, they got this blue skin, they got pale eyes, some rotting flesh. Uh, It's kind of hysterical the way that they barf slugs into someone's mouth and it just like, like a, like a bullet goes off and gets shot into the other person's mouth. It's like, wah, shoot. Yeah. So, like, they know uh, to just, like, they just, like, shoot out when they're, like, being regurgitated or something. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, That's I hilarious. mean, going on, like, there's, you know, still some teen stuff. Brad and, or not Brad, uh, Cynthia and Chris get a little bit closer because JC's an awesome wingman. Uh, and, yep. uh, but we also cut back to Brad a bit. We find out that there was a corpse left outside of the uh, the sorority house instead of the frat house. So the frat guys and Brad are mad at Chris and JC because they're like, we told you to put the body outside of ours, not in front of the other one. You're freaking people out. And they're like, we didn't touch it. We unfroze it. And then we ran away. We didn't t- put a body there. So, you know. Yeah. And Cynthia sees the, the corpse uh, come up to her window and, and freak her out. Yep, which also has a great practical effect because the face of that cadaver is busted open. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Because you find out that uh, when they transfer the slugs after the slugs incubate and multiply inside your head, they just make your head explode and just yeah. b- just burst out, and you're just left with a, a torn open face. Yeah, uh, and then right around here is where we get introduced to Detective Cameron, played by Tom Atkins, who is amazing in this movie. Love Tom Atkins. I think this is the best role. He think he this is his favorite movie that he's done. He oh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, um, but he shows up to the uh, crime scene at the uh, hospital, um, and is it a hospital or is it like a? I think it's. I think they're in the lab where. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he shows up. He of course says "thrill me." That that's his, you know, famous line. Um, <laughs> yep, that made me laugh every time he said that. I actually wanted to start yeah. the podcast that way and be like, "Thrill me, Zach." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good lines in this movie. I, I I don't know if that's my favorite one, but it's up there. But um, oh, his you know, he, his my favorite line also comes from him in this scene where uh, his his uh, deputies are not doing their job right. They don't get a statement from anyone. They, uh, they step away to go to the bathroom and don't keep rounds on anything. And then he walks up to one of them and Tom Atkins is like, am I going to, are you going to step up? Cause I'm tired of this shit. So are you going to step up or am I going to have to play poo patrol with your nightstick? (laughs) That's (laughs) That's probably my favorite line in the movie. That's awesome. Um, it's Miller time is up there for me. That's a good one. And then screaming like banshees, obviously. Yep. That's the line I was talking about where the night janitor thinks it is absolutely hysterical. He's like, ha 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 screaming like banshees. And he just keeps saying that yeah. over and over again. And then, um, 
the good news is your dates are here and then what's the bad news they're dead yeah that was uh <laughs> that was like a tagline i think for the movie right that was yeah. on some of the posters it's such a good tagline yeah, yeah i love it um, so anyways, so between seeing that body and then seeing the body at the sorority house, um, Ray starts to put the pieces together that there's some kind of uh, outbreak of like, like the dead are rising, you know. Um, and I think that's how he comes to the conclusion because he's freaking out in front of Chris when he's talking to Chris that um, when he killed the axe murderer that it's likely that he's probably going to come back. Yep. That's one of my favorite scenes. I think his acting in that scene is amazing. Yeah, no, it definitely gets a lot more intense. And uh, I love Chris's reaction too, where he's like, so other than uh, confessing to a possible murder, is there a point to this story? Yeah. And then you got, I might've jumped ahead there in the story. No, it's all um, good. Like the movie, the movies at, in the middle, kind of just a montage of like various creeps attacking people across the town. Um, even right. animals. There are there's a zombie cat that shows up. Uh, yeah, that, zombie dog. And a dog that got me good. I was not expecting to see that. Um, there was uh, as the creeps kind of start to take over the town. There was a, a really good like unexpected jump scare type scare. Uh, when two of the cops are riding around in the car and they're like, we're not seeing anything. And as the car drives by the sidewalk, you actually see a creep go by the window, even though it's just standing still, but they just drive past it and there's no big scare. There's nothing. It just is in the background. And then it shows up at the window. I was like, damn dude, that's actually a pretty impressive scare. Yeah. It definitely has some creepy moments for. Yeah. No, for being an otherwise kind of cheesy eighties movie, you know, comedy. Yeah, no, if if I watched this as a young kid, this would have scared the shit out of me, honestly. Yeah, especially uh, the makeup effects and, you know, the head splitting open and. Yep. Yeah, and like it does look good. No, it really does. The slugs re- look really good, too. They're not like super cheesy. They're very practical. Um, And so what w- what would be your your favorite attack from the creeps in here? Um, I think Brad towards okay. the end. Um, just that whole sequence when we see him coming up to the door and then, um, Ray shoots him and then we see that, you know, the head split open and then Chris has the flamethrower, everything leading up to that, that whole like kind of climax when they, uh, uh, rob the, um, break into the weapons locker at the police station. Yep. From (laughs) featuring a a cameo from dick miller in there too from uh from gremlins and chopping mall yep he's also in the very first (laughs) thing i saw him from was uh when i was a young kid i was obsessed with that movie small soldiers oh yeah and i remember that he's the the guy that's the truck driver that delivers the toys yeah yeah wow yeah, no, it's not a long time. I know, man. Obscure pick at this point. But uh, no, Dick Miller's awesome. I was happy to see him in here. And Tom Atkins is losing his mind at this point. He's like, well, I don't have a, I don't have actual permission to take it. He's like, well, that's going to be a problem, man. And then he, lo- he loads a shotgun and fire, like almost fires it at him to get the weapons. Yeah. It's like, damn, yeah, man. He's hilarious in that scene. I know. Yeah. But uh, I would say my... Uh, I would say my favorite 
<clears throat> attack is prob- does that count as a does that count as an attack by the way oh, just no, the I would, way that uh, yeah no I Brad would, gets you know no because the dog is the one that shoots the slug into his mouth yeah yeah, yeah. Just a little thing no I would say so um my favorite attack I think is probably the axe murderer coming up from the floor uh where the house mother lives because yeah she's watching some obscure 50s like sci-fi movie and the dog's just chilling yeah. and you start hearing this pounding from somewhere and i thought that a creep was knocking at the door uh but tom atkins had just said that that the creep was buried under or the the axe murderer was buried under the under the ground there where the house mother lives now in that house and you're like yeah. what is this pounding and it's actually an axe coming through the floor and it comes out <laughs> That's and creepy. it is very creepy man that was probably the biggest like shock of the movie so uh i would i would say yeah. that was probably my favorite um attack and tom atkins acting in that whole thing like he's kind of confronting his past again and, and seeing you know <clears throat> that axe murderer again and, mm-hmm. and like that whole scene's awesome yeah where he's like i killed you killed you once before you can't be back and then he blows the axe murderer's head off yeah great scene yeah no this this movie's got some fun uh some fun action in it too especially towards the the end um there's been this whole thing where a cat keeps leaving the sorority house and then coming back and then when they when one of the girls brings the cat back in uh they the cat becomes a a creep cat and and vomits (laughs) slugs on the one in the one girl and uh, i do love that scene with cynthia and um and Brad because Cynthia has invited Chris to uh to the formal but she's still like okay with Brad being on the doorstep and she breaks tries to break up with him there and she's just cool noticing that he's pale skinned and you know white eyes and like blood around yeah, not, him not no red flags whatsoever like she opens the door like, he looks scary as hell well, I love that she like holds his hand and is like breaking up with a zombie and he's just vomiting <laughs> slugs behind her. <laughs> like that was a very funny scene. Yep. And then Chris shows up with uh with a flamethrower and you know puts him out of his misery. I should say we skipped over uh JC's death, which was pretty devastating actually. Yeah, it's a bummer. Because <clears throat> he's my favorite character in the movie. And uh <clears throat> yeah. That whole sequence in the in the bathroom is very suspenseful and just uh you know yeah it was a uh, and, and the message that he leaves to Chris uh, on the uh the was it like a little tape recorder thing mm-hmm. leaves an audio message for him and yeah it's sad yeah it was devastating and a very heartfelt message because he yeah so JC gets attacked in the bathroom by the night janitor uh, who also got slugs um you know, put into him. So he's going to, so the slugs incubate and he's going to kill JC and infect him. And, uh, JC gets a slug in his mouth and leaves a, a tape right as he's dying, uh, to Chris about like, they're susceptible to fire. This is what you need to do to kill him. I know one's in my head. Uh, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone. And then we hear him, you know, die basically. And it's a very effective scene. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's and that's when Cameron and Chris decide to to team up to try to to take on the creeps. And I thought for sure that 
we were going to build towards the formal uh, as the final set piece. But no, we, we converge at the sorority house. Yeah, I wonder if that was like a budget thing. Um, it would make they, sense, they never, yeah. Yeah, they never even make it to the, the dance. <laughs> and speaking of which, never even making it to the dance is what I was referring to when I said that there's a two-minute scene of boobs because all of a sudden there's a montage of people getting ready for the formal and getting dressed. Yeah. And there's just constant side-scrolling scenes of girls in the shower taking their top off, and it's just like, okay, now I know why this movie's rated R. <clears throat> yeah, if you had cut out, you didn't. You, there's not much you need to cut out, and then it does. It's not rated R anymore. So I don't. Pretty know. much, yeah. It's not anything I would have missed necessarily. So I don't know why. Because this movie tanked in the box office. Yeah, it, it probably would have made. It would have had a larger audience if they just made tiny uh, edits like that. Yeah, but it also it also made its cult following years later. So now of course yeah, it's a, uh, sure. you know, box office bomb. And, you know, I mean, when I looked at the box office, I think it was under a million dollars that it made at the box office. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was pretty bad, but you know, now it's got a cult following and is very well beloved. And, you know, Fred Decker doesn't have like a huge career in, in filmmaking, you know, he's yeah. pretty much only uh, majorly worked on like four movies. Um, so, but I think people hold this one in high regard because, I mean, what a movie to come right out of the gate with as your first directorial feature. Yeah. And then he got to do a more kiddie, a more kid-friendly movie when we got to The Monster Squad. I mean, both of those movies, I think, contribute so much to, like, the 80s, like, horror <laughs> community, like, fandom. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the real, like, horror community people, you know, the nerds love those movies. Oh, absolutely. You know? The only thing that's missing... like killer clowns and, you know. Yeah, you know. the the only thing missing from this movie would have been one of those fantastic 80s rap songs that ends the Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the I love the I love that song in Monster Squad where it's like Dracula and Wolfman too. Da, 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 da. Like it's so cheesy. Oh man, I want to watch that now. I know, I'm man. We watch should that tonight. Do, we should do an episode on uh, on that. We should do the Monster Squad at some point because we could talk for hours about. Oh, we should. Wolfman's got Nards. Yeah, I need to see that documentary. There's a documentary all about that called yeah. Wolfman's Got Nards. It's, I need it's about to... the fans and yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I need to see that as well. That'd be a movie that I would love to see in uh, in a theater. I hope they do like an anniversary screening somewhere around me sometime soon because I'd love to see that in uh, on the big screen. Yeah, they they had yeah, that'd be great. They had <laughs> talked about um, a sequel to that, and then they talked about a sequel to Night of the Creeps as well. Yeah, I I was actually going to ask you um, if you knew anything about that because you know we get to the climax of of the movie and it converges at the sorority house, and Chris, Cynthia, and uh, Detective Cameron are gonna you know take out the creeps, which my favorite you know creep scene in the movie is definitely when the frat guys bus it like bus crashes and the slug oh, yeah. and the dog slug goes <laughs> in there and infects all of them and they rise from the from the bus and you see him walking in the street at night it's it's very walking dead very george a. romero like yeah, it looks awesome definitely night of the living yeah. dead in there um yeah and i so i loved that scene and then they all kind of converge on uh 
on the house and you know there's a, a big final battle i love cynthia's line where they're fighting creeps and she's like boy these creeps just don't take no for an answer <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those lines where it's like the the movie just wears its uh cheese on its sleeve you know like it's very self-aware and yep. it's just it's just a movie trying to be very light-hearted and fun and and, yeah, mi- and mission accomplished man yeah and uh, I do love that uh, one of the creeps gets uh, massacred with a with a lawnmower uh, by Chris. <laughs> so that whole sequence and when when they sneak into the shed, I think that was originally cut uh, from the theatrical oh, okay. release. Yeah, that in the very last scene when you see the ship flying over the graveyard, I think that was not in the theatrical release. Yeah, I read online that the theatrical release had, I think Cynthia got attacked by a slug in the theatrical release. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, I definitely remember hearing that there were two endings to the to the movie, and uh, the Blu-ray that I watched had the the ending that you just described, where after the final battle, um, you know, Detective Cameron. Uh, sacrifices himself because they or sacrifices himself because they go down into the basement of the house and other another sorority girl was like hey we need to keep our biology project here with all these brains in here and you go down there such a gross scene where you see the the giant pile of slugs in the corner yeah uh and he's like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna light this place up and blow the house up and sacrifice myself uh and he does and you know the Chris and and Cynthia are all right, and they share a, you know, a, a passionate kiss at the end. And then, in the ending that's on the Blu-ray, we see the charred corpse of Cameron start to walk away, and then it collapses, and the slugs break out of his head and go into a cemetery. Yeah, <clears throat> and then you see the spotlight from the alien ship, basically looking around, trying to receive, like, retrieve the slugs. Yeah, I believe that that was a new thing for the um, I guess it would have been first the DVD because they had that special edition DVD. Hey, sorry, man. You uh, you just you dropped there for a second. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah, gotcha. Crap, sorry, awesome. man. No, it's all right. I don't man. know if it was. It, I don't know if it was me or you. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was probably me. Our Wi-Fi kind of sucks. But uh, you were talking about oh, uh, the the scene being added, like for the for like a special edition DVD. Yeah, I don't know how much you got. Um, from from the audio there, but I think I, I, just I, saying, I, think I yeah. heard I think I heard right up to you saying DVD, and it was like DVD, and then it cut out. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I think they put the uh, ending on the special edition DVD, like in the two thousands, and mm-hmm. then I, I it's it's officially on the Blu Ray, um, but I don't think it was in theaters. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, looking at yeah. Wikipedia, it says that in the theatrical version, the dog who caused the bus accident returns and approaches Cynthia 
As Cynthia bends down toward it, the dog opens its mouth and a slug jumps out toward her. Interesting. Yeah, I've never seen... See, I had it backwards. I thought that the movie had a different ending, and I thought that the slugs going into the cemetery and the aliens searching for them, I thought that was the the ending that wasn't released in theaters. So when it showed up on the Blu-ray, I was like, oh, okay. Um, it's a great ending, though, so I'm, I'm glad that they they put this one out. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Blu-ray. And it looks the, so good. Dude, that cover... I don't remember if it's a Scream Factory Blu-ray, but like the cover on the Blu-ray is so good, is so cool. With the guy at the window with the with the glowing eyes, the white eyes. Like the, oh, the I have poster. a I have a different one. I have Chris in the middle, and then Cynthia to like the right, and then the creeps kind of surrounding them. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the one without the um the slip cover. Yes, correct. Like um, yeah, I got you. Yep. And also looking on here, it said there was an unofficial sequel where a movie called Zombie Town was marketed in some regions as a sequel. Yeah, I, I've heard of it, but I've never uh, seen it or I've seen a trailer. I want to look it up. It says being it alternatively titled Night of the Creeps 2 Zombie Town in Germany. Interesting. <laughs> so the German the Germans got lucky. I wonder if it's any good. I would have to, yeah, we'd have to see Zombie Town. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Um, <laughs> sequel or no sequel, man? Like this movie's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I think it's one of the most <clears throat> underrated uh, horror movies out there, mm-hmm. and like, uh, especially one of the best horror comedies. Mm-hmm. I, I've got, I've warmed up to horror comedies more over the years. Same. Um, have you ever seen Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? Uh, I have not. I remember when it came out, though, I wanted to to see it. You would adore that movie if you like this. Okay, Definitely I'll have to check it. it out. We One of my favorite um, horror comedies that we did an episode on last October was uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> um, Great movie. Obviously, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, um, the... The last step, as we're recording this, the last episode that we dropped was Drag Me to Hell, which is another great horror comedy. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode. Oh, thank you, man. We uh, we had a lot of Spider-Man back and forth in that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How much you guys liked uh, Spider-Man 3? How much you loved it? That's how much I, yep, how much I liked it. Jason hates it. (laughs) But, uh... It's all good. Um, but no, I love horror comedies. I think they're a lot of fun, but it's always such a difficult line to ride and make it work without going too far in one one direction or the other. Um, yeah, totally. And I think Night of the Creeps does it does it really, really well, actually. Yep. And it also rides the line of uh, not being too cheesy and still wearing its heart on its sleeve and being fun. And at the end of the day, it's just a fun movie and that has genuinely creepy moments and, you know, has good characters and a good friendship between the two mm-hmm. leads. And yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. surprised it didn't do well in the box office. I feel like people would have really loved it. Yeah, you would. You, know. you would think that because it's not really a slasher. It's, you know, more of like a, you know, like a like a sci fi zombie movie, um, yeah. which in 1986, I'm not sure if 50s sci-fi was all that in i feel like we were still probably in the peak of we were starting to teeter on meta slashers because there were so many slashers at the at the time and i believe in this same year in 1986 is when like jason lives came out 
which was already right. which was already starting to poke fun at the genre a little bit. So right. I don't know. I feel like this one got lost in the shuffle, but I'm glad it's got its cult following because I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And where we we did an episode on Killer Clowns from Outer Space with the Reviewed to Death guys, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space is one of those movies that like if you don't like really bad like really over the top cheesy movies and acting, you're not gonna like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This one I That's actually. A good point. This one I actually feel like you can get into and the cheesiness won't bother you because it's way more toned down. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good point. Yeah. So uh no, this movie's fantastic, man. I'm I'm glad that uh that you brought it up and I'm glad that we got to to talk about it. I highly recommend it to people that haven't seen it. Um it's just a good fun time. It's short. It's like an hour and 28 minutes or something like that and it's, Yeah, very it's short. Just, it's just a good fun time. Yeah, Monster Squad is a, a short movie too. I think it's like an hour and twenty minutes or something. You know, and so. sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Looking at you, Marvel, you don't need everything to be two hours and thirty-five minutes. Hey, Kevin. Yep, I got you now. Oh, Lord, have hey. mercy. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, it's okay. Um, we, were, we were so close. I know. Even the even the network is like, shut up, guys. You're done. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, man, This I recommend this movie to people that haven't seen it. I think it's a really fun time, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that we got to talk about it. Yeah, man. Love this movie. Um, thanks so much for having me, uh, Kevin. It's always fun talking to you. I hope... Uh, Hope I didn't uh, babble too much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard me on the show, man? That's all I do. Yeah, but you know, it's you do it well, though. <laughs> well, I appreciate. You're, you're coming up on your fiftieth episode, by the way. Congratulations! So, Thank I you, mean, man. I, awesome. I appreciate it. That's our next uh, episode that comes out after this one. But hey, man, I I appreciate you coming back on, and I appreciate you being a part of this this crazy journey. We. Uh, we had a, a sappy text chain back and forth for a little bit after Horror Hound where like the reason that I personally love doing this show and and, you know, going to these cons and stuff like that is the friend groups that are made and like oh, me- yeah. like meeting you in Cincinnati and getting to hang with you and John and Jamie from Horror Dads and Nathan and just having that that fun night out and enjoying a con together. Uh, that's why I love doing this stuff, man. And you know, meeting you in Horror Hound was absolutely a, a highlight of it. And that's why that's why I keep doing this and uh, why we keep doing this. And I'm I'm glad to have you as part of a part of the journey and as one of our good buddies, man. You were breaking up again. Can you repeat all that? Again? I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, man, I love you, buddy. I, I had so much fun. <clears throat> yeah, I can't I can't wait to do it again. I'm definitely going back to Cincinnati in March. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's like a year away, but you know. Hey, man, I, we'll it, find some. We'll find something before then. 
Oh yeah, no. I hope that sure. we. I hope we get you down here in uh, in Charleston sometime soon. We can go. Uh, oh yeah, I would love that. We can go. Yeah. We can go hang out on the town. Me, you, and Jason will go. Uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll go kick it somewhere and go see horror movies and podcasts and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, just some shenanigans. Absolutely, man. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Thank you so much again for coming on, man. I love you too, buddy. And uh, I'm proud to call you a friend. But where can where can people find the Creepy Crowley podcast? Where can they find a copy of Disseverment? And uh, what's coming up next for ZC Kroll? What can they What can they look out for? Well, uh, Disseverment uh, you can find in paperback or uh, for Kindle on Amazon. Um, it's going to be on Audible, uh, the audiobook version. Um, that should be hopefully this week. Uh, there's there's been a delay on that for a few reasons um uh but it should be this week uh and then i got my podcast the creepy crowley where i just kind of uh ramble about uh horror movies and books um stuff coming up um uh, doing a podcast i just watched the movie frozen from 2010 i don't know if you ever seen that that ski resort the no, chairlift movie I, that poster has enticed me for years now because that is such a nightmare fuel scenario Okay, so I do this thing on my pod, my podcast called Tubi Tuesday, where I watch a movie <laughs> and give commentary, and people can, uh, you know, watch along with me. So that's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. So I just All did right. a uh, a watch along with that movie. Um, and then I'm going to be doing my 13 favorite horror books. That'll be m- the next episode after that. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I have a novel coming out in a couple months. And I'm going to be doing announcements on that soon. I think I gave you a teaser of it. I think I showed you the cover at in Cincinnati. Yes, you did. And I am very, very excited for it. I think you'll dig it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I also have to say that, uh, back on April 1st, you put out a particular post on your, (laughs) on your Instagram. I did. That was, (laughs) that was cracking me up. Uh, I just want to, I want to throw this out there for people. If you're not following uh, Zach ZC Kroll on Instagram, go do it. His posts are always fun and, you know, they'll put a smile on your face during your day. But he posted a, a cover of like as an April Fool's joke of a book that he said it was going to that he said he was going to write called Lone Shark. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was a, a great white shark with a cigarette in its mouth. And it said first he wants interest, then he wants blood. <laughs> I thought that was uh was fantastic. And then even still you uh when you announced on your page that uh that you were going to be uh doing Night of the Creeps on our show, uh our good buddies over from Reviewed to Death commented and I think it was Marcus wrote on there, "Oh yeah, fun movie." And you just wrote back, "You're a fun movie." I did. I did say that. <laughs> And we started I love those guys. No, dude, they're they're some of our best friends as as you are. You three are like some of my favorite people ever and some of our favorite people oh, awesome. and uh you know getting to hear you on their show was fantastic. I know you have another episode with them coming out soon uh which I'm ex- yeah. very excited for. Um Yeah, we 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 had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun trying to skirt around the all the issues of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, man. I, I'm super excited. I I love all you guys to death, and uh, just happy to have you back on, man. I love you, buddy, and I can't wait to do this again soon. Yeah, man. Have me on anytime. Um, I'm gonna have you on, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man. 
Awesome. Just talk, just talk horror and shit. Absolutely. Love it. I'll have to join you on the drinking aspect of this next time. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done an episode with, with alcohol, so I might have to do that just for fun. Oh, you got to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We'll we'll talk again very soon. We'll we'll pick some more uh, movies. We got a lot of other movies that we've talked about that uh, that that we said we would make good episodes, and you know, can't wait to to jump on your show. And uh, yeah, man. Everybody, go check out Zach. Go check out his his novel Disseverment under ZC Kroll. Go check out the Creepy Crowley podcast and uh, keep an eye out for all that he has coming up because he's he's a great guy and one of our one of our good friends and. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Midnight Terrors. Um, this is the last episode before we hit episode 50 of the Midnight Terrors podcast, and we have something really special uh, cooked up for episode 50 next week. So be sure to tune in. Be sure you're subscribed. Leave us a review uh, if you like the show, or if you don't like the show, tell us what you think. We always want to try to improve and know what we can do to to make the show better. And uh, get in touch with us, Midnight Terrors Podcast on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com with movie picks and uh, any feedback you would like to share. Can we have a hint on what the uh, the big surprise is for episode 50? Sure. It's, uh, let's see, how can I, how can I spin this? Um, it, you could just tell us. I could. Uh <laughs> Uh, we are actually going to have Chris LaMartina, who is the director of the movie, the WNUF Halloween special. No shit. Yeah. I was actually just talking with him today, uh, and we locked in a movie pick that he chose for us and, uh, you know, big fan of, of his work, man. And I got to meet him at, uh, at Mad Monster, but yeah, he's the he's the the director of the WNUF Halloween special, and he also did its sequel, uh, Out There Halloween Mega Tape. And uh, yeah, man, I got to meet him at Mad Monster in February, and I've kept in touch with him ever since. And he's agreed to to be our special guest for uh, episode fifty, and I'm very, very, very excited and honored to have him on. Dude, holy shit, man! Yeah, congratulations. That's they, so cool. Yeah. I loved WNUF Halloween special. Me too, man. I'm I'm excited to uh, to talk with him, and uh, he picked a movie that I'm also excited to see that is also uh, from the '80s that I have never seen. So it's it's going to be a good episode, and I think it's going to be a really fun way to celebrate 50 episodes of Midnight Terrors. So be sure that you are subscribed, and be sure to tune in next week for episode 50. Thank you, Zach, for joining me on Midnight Terrors. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast. We will see you all again next Sunday for episode 50. Peace.